This is the captain to the bridge. Beam me up, Scotty. This week on the Knowing God Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Knowing God Podcast. I'm John. And I am Caleb. Not Scotty. Not Scotty. Or the captain. (laughs) Or the captain. Even though there is some... (laughs) thing on the wing. So there we go. I'm not a Star Trek fan. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hey, we've got a really, really fun conversation and we're going to be stretching this out over the next three podcasts. And we're going to be looking at this idea of digital reach, digital outreach in the church and how do churches use digital tools to reach people for the gospel of Jesus. Definitely. And this is such a um, I think topic that is timely right now yes. because even you know now a couple of years after COVID, I think a lot of people uh, during COVID were scrambling. You know, iPhones on you know a music stand to try to do whatever you could to right get out some kind of stream to yeah. your people. And now we find ourselves you know a couple of years down the road trying to figure out okay, so you know do we upgrade this? Mm-hmm. How do we integrate this? You know, there's some people who still have not come back yet. You know, do we uh, invest more into our digital platforms to be able to yeah. get people in, or do we you know try to go back towards more in person do we embrace it fully or mm-hmm. and cautiously or not at all how does that look yeah those are some great questions you know and i think it should be said from the very beginning that we're going to take the approach that it's not an either or mm-hmm. but a both and correct you know there are going to be some aspects of church life that are going to live in person mm-hmm. there are going to be some aspects of life uh, of church life that are going to live in a digital environment and there are going to be some aspects, probably more so than we realize, that kind of meet there in the middle mm-hmm. as a both and. And I think the mistake that a lot of times people make is they approach this issue of digital reach, a digital extension of the church, and they think of an, an either or, mm, yep. you know. And we don't live like that anywhere else. We don't. It's, it's an area that we have to be willing to get messy in because there are a lot of questions that are not clear cut. That's right. right. I mean, we're going to be talking about some of those different things, especially even if it comes around things where uh, everybody would say, well, absolutely, digital is great for that. For example, shut-ins and people who yeah. you know may not be able to come to church. We'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, those can kind of be gray areas sometimes. So we're going to talk about how yeah. that works and how we yeah. do that. I think another thing to talk about, you brought up COVID in mm-hmm. 2020. And so, you know, we're a few years now after that. And even in our own church here, you know, there was a, a lot of innovation that took place during COVID. I mean, like, you know, this church goes all the way back to the 1930s. And then, you know, there probably hasn't been a Sunday morning missed mm. in-person gathering since this church you know, started. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, the whole world, as we remember, shut down. And we, just like every other church, had to figure out how to port our ministries to an online environment. We did that very quickly. Uh, every church was doing this. Mm. Even churches that were doing a lot of digital ministry were having to pivot very, very quickly. Correct. And so, and I think in some ways, you know, we can look back at that and say, well, that may have been one of the healthy parts that came out of a pandemic, Right. to say it that way, because the church was forced, every church was forced to think in terms of innovation, in terms of, you know, how do we move forward? How do we pivot our ministries? Correct. for some people, or maybe a lot of people, there was this expectation that, hey, when life gets back, to normal. Mm-hmm. We're going to rewind back to everything like it was before mm-hmm. and all of this digital stuff. It was a necessary evil in the time, but we're done with that. Right. I think that uh, that might be some people's mindset with these things, but I think that there's also on the other side, then, of course, that you've seen people now who have actually found a lot of value 
yeah. in the digital, right? And, and maybe yeah. even people who uh, you wouldn't think. I mean, again, we've talked a little bit about, you know, shut-ins and some of the older people who might have, um, you know, needed to stay out of church for a little bit longer because mm-hmm. of fears with COVID. Whereas, you know, some younger families might have started to come back in person. There may have been months or even, I mean, years where yeah. some of some people who were especially susceptible to COVID did not come back in person to the church. And so, um, you know, it's not one of those things where this is an issue of old versus young. You know, right. older people don't like technology. <laughs> younger people like technology. This is just younger people trying to push. I mean, so it's one of those things where technology reaches into every sector of the church, into every demographic of the church, and really has an impact across the board. And so whenever we talk about the principles of using technology in the church, we're not talking about like, this is where the church is going, although, I mean, in a lot of ways it is. And so old people just need to get on board. What we're Mm -hmm. saying is this is a tool that kind of transcends a lot of the different things. And how do we now utilize it in a way that is healthy within our body? Yeah, I think the um, kind of the perspective, like you just said, you know, old, old people don't use technology, young people do. I, I think COVID really put that to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen that in our own body here, that that's not necessarily the case. Um, there might be some generational preferences, if you think of from like from a broad perspective. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, to say that no, anybody that's over the age of 80 doesn't know how to use an iPhone is completely false. Right. Uh, they're FaceTiming with their grandchildren, you know, some of them halfway around the world. Their kids are missionaries like they, they've been doing this stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is is really a straw man kind of argument in this. Correct. And I think this as we bring out principles, technology and advancements in technology have been a part of church life for generations, right? I mean, we're not the first uh, generation to ever deal with, wow, I mean, we are definitely going through it in a more rapid fashion. COVID Mm -hmm. definitely accelerated a lot of that. But um, I mean, implementation of technology has been going on for generations, I mean, hundreds of years in the church. Absolutely. We'll make that point uh, in a lot of ways and in a lot of detail, because Mm -hmm. I think that is a point point that we need to repeat. YouTube existed before March of 2020. Right. You know, um, Facebook existed before March of 2020. It's it's not like we're thinking of this like, you know, the switch was flipped and all of a sudden these tools just kind of grew out of the thin air and churches are then having to figure out how to use them. Like we were using social media long before. And I think what you said is a point that needs to be made often in this series is that COVID was an accelerant, Mm -hmm. you know, where there were things, there were trends that were already moving in one direction. And all of a sudden, because we were forced to live almost 100% of our social lives in a digital environment, there was this great acceleration Mm. to the way things move forward. And, uh, and so, you know, we're having to live with that and we're having to kind of figure out that toothpaste isn't going back in the tube. Right. I think that people will look back at this time in this you know era of, of just humanity and especially in the West, uh, you know, in kind of this this pivot moment, you know, this inflection point, you know, kind of like how 9-11 was for our generation or maybe Pearl Harbor, or World War Two, you know, like there are things, the JFK assassination, COVID, I think, is an inflection point. Mm-hmm. And we're not exactly sure how all this stuff's going to play out, but we know that the church is impacted for sure. Definitely. And so I think what we're trying to do now is trying to kind of lay some groundwork yeah. because uh, as we know, like 
implementation of technology during COVID was a necessity, mm-hmm. but now we have to look at longevity of technology. Yeah. How, how do we move forward from here? How do we either improve it or mm-hmm. maintain it? How do we implement new things or, um, you know, continue with what we have? These are the questions I think the churches are now asking, right? Of How do we become either more digitally focused with a digital outreach and how yeah. can we make this where we can bring people in? Or um, even some churches, I mean, you know, we know that attendance uh, across the United States, I mean, in churches is down dramatically. Yeah. And so there's, I mean, some churches have raised uh, concerns about, well, is our digital outreach actually, you know, keeping people home instead of bringing them back? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions that we're now trying to lay the groundwork for these conversations. Yeah, on. that's good. So I think the first place to start is just frame a biblical worldview. We're going to mm-hmm. do this really, really quickly. Uh, but, you know, thinking about just technology from a biblical perspective, you know, one of the things that we need to see is that as human beings are created in the image of God, you see at the very beginning of scripture that God is a creative God. Mm. Uh, God is, is, is a God who speaks something into existence from, nux, from nothing, you know, right. ex nihilo is what we would say. And, and so in that, God demonstrates a creative capacity uh, and human beings being created in his image also reflect that creative capacity Mm -hmm. and can harness their environment and the tools around them to create new things. And so we often think of technology in the sense of, you know, like for this, you know, iPhones or Android devices, internet, Mm -hmm. screens, but technology is really much more than that. Correct. I mean, we see the utilization and really uh, the um, post-fall utilization of technology and kind of the creative yeah. ability in the Tower of Babel, right? That's, yeah. I mean, where yeah. man comes together and uh, they can use all of these tools, all of these new techniques, the the mm-hmm. uh, using of bricks mm-hmm. and uh, of cooperation together to now build, uh, I mean, this monolith, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's, and in a lot of ways, uh, the same thing that happened in the garden of saying, we want to be our own God of now saying yeah. we're going to utilize these technologies that we have to make ourselves self-sufficient where we don't need God. Anymore. Yeah, it's a great point, you know, and, and you have to think of technology from a post-fall environment, mm-hmm. as you just said. Human beings, uh, the very first thing they created was clothing, mm-hmm. you know, from fig leaves. Mm-hmm. And the text is very clear that they did it to hide their shame from one another, their shame from God. And in a post-fall world where you have this thorns and thistles in the environment, you know, God actually clothes mm-hmm. Adam and Eve with skins of an animal. And I think that's a demonstration of, that there has to be a shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins. I really right. see that there in the text. But also, in a way, it's like an upgrade of their clothing. Right. <laughs> you know, in this new, harsh environment, they're going to need some better coverings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you see that from the very beginning of the text. And then you mentioned like Babel, uh, the cities, you know, that were built very early on in the narrative. And so technology can be reversed for evil. And one of the things you see also from Scripture is this clear clear statement that technology, human beings use technology to try to somehow protect themselves from the effects of the fall. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, it can be turned inward and it can be dangerous, but technology in itself is, is really a rather neutral thing. Correct. And um not, and if we don't realize that, then uh, we'll end up like groups throughout history, right? Yeah. Who try to withdraw from society. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have the Essenes in you know ancient Israel, and they they went away into the desert and said, "We don't want any part of society. We're going to go live in the caves. We're going to mm-hmm. you know kind of do our own thing over here." Um, even you know in modern times, maybe you live in an area where there's a lot of Amish people, yep. you know, of saying you know we we don't want uh, modern technology and these different things. We're going to kind of pull ourselves away from the rest of society. But we also know 
that as the church, as the church called by Jesus, we are called to be in the world, mm-hmm. right? Not of the world, but in the world. I mean, that is a very specific call. And so um, that means that we are going to constantly be surrounded mm-hmm. by technology. We can't just say, well, we forfeit that. You know, we don't want to use that. We don't want to mm-hmm. think about it. Let's just move on and talk about the gospel because the uh, technology, like you said, whenever we have a worldview of it, it is a way to advance the gospel. It, uh, sometimes we can use it as a way to hinder the gospel because yeah. of the way that we use it, but that we can't just say, we don't want it, take it back, like right. it's done, because that would be withdrawing from society as a whole where God has called us to do our ministry. It's a good point, yeah. Um, I think also, too, it, it might be worth just kind of bringing up a few ways that churches are utilizing technology, mm-hmm. especially in a post-COVID world. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first thing that a lot of people think about is like broadcast of, of services. Right, live streaming. Live mm-hmm. streaming, yeah, and that's become a whole lot more prevalent since COVID. Right. Our own church, you know, engaged in that. Um, and, and so, but I, I, but I think it would be a mistake to think exclusively only in that arena. Right. You know, churches have used social media differently. Mm-hmm. Um, churches use YouTube. We're doing a podcast. Right. You know, that was something that we wanted to start, and I think COVID was an impetus behind that. But it was really with the goal and desire, hopefully, who, if you're listening to this, right. that we would reach you with the gospel. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yep. So, yeah. So what are some other ways that you think of? Uh, so I think different ways that church, uh, churches utilize technology. I mean, we can look at... Um, I mean, a million smaller ways, but I think we can also look at the fact that uh, churches are utilizing and thinking about not only how to be online, mm-hmm. but also how to be more effective online, right? Mm-hmm. So websites, I mean, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that um, usually people looking for a church will have six digital engagements with some sure. kind of technology. So whether that's your website, your Facebook page, your, you know, uh, looking at pictures on Instagram, checking out live services before they ever actually come to the doors of your church. I mean, and so uh, there's so many different ways that churches have been using technology that now we're, I think, maybe really thinking through maybe you didn't have a great website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe churches are thinking about how to upgrade their website and make that more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, online giving, mm-hmm. such a huge thing, right? Because, I mean, most churches yeah. did not pass the plate. And, I mean, I think a lot of churches have actually stopped passing the plate completely. We were one of them. You know, absolutely, during uh, during the COVID because mm-hmm. of a lot of different issues with that. And so digital giving is now a massive uh, part of just church life, right? Because most point. people don't have cash. They, yeah. you know, we had the, the coin shortage and the cash shortage, you know, kind of everybody like, oh, we don't really have any cash. So everybody's using card now. So digital giving is another big part a good of point. church life. a good point. Well, let's look at a few, and we're going to kind of look at this from like red lights, green lights, and then maybe some yellow lights in mm-hmm. part three. But right. kind of just in our, in our last few minutes together, I think kind of looking at some red lights that people would raise, hey, we want to go back to the way things were. Right. You know, and so the first thing that somebody might raise is the church has to be a gathered in-person, you know, gathering. Right. Based upon our reading of like Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us not forsake meeting together. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I I think, you know, that while there needs to be an emphasis on in-person gatherings, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is a straw man to think that that will ever go away. Right. Human beings are on the other side of a screen or they're on the other side of a device. Mm -hmm. They, in effect, are still present. You know, I think one of the questions that comes to mind in this discussion is how does God inhabit the cyberspace world? Right. You know, how do we understand omnipresence being extended to that sphere? Mm -hmm. That's that's hard, you know. It is. Uh, But I think even if, you know, looking at that, we could say uh, Paul's letters were technology, right? True. That he, he wrote letters, and yet even in his writing of those letters that he had this feeling of connection to the people he was writing letters to, even to the point of saying, hey, 
Like, I'm with you mm-hmm. in spirit, though I'm not with you in body. And even though they were removed by a great distance and, mm-hmm. you know, even not very long of a distance back in the Roman world was mm-hmm. a long way, right? Because mm-hmm. it, t- it took a long time for anything to get anywhere. So as we look at this, the, the gathering and what that actually means uh, is, is important. And so I understand that there's people who say, if you're not gathered in person, you're not gathered. That's kind of a red light that some people might have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another one that somebody might address is, Okay, explain to me how a pastor can have real, authentic relationships with, you know, their congregation mm-hmm. if it's exclusively or even a majority lived online. Right. So how do you do things like church discipline and discipleship? How does the pastor oversee these souls? And mm-hmm. I think we'd have to admit that a digital environment can make that a little bit more difficult. Definitely. Yes, there's definitely some lim- – there are limitations to what you can do digitally. Uh-huh. Um, but I think also just the question is um, – I think one of the reasons we have a hard time with this is because we have a hard time implementing it in the church in general. True. Right? Church discipline is not, not not talked about. We have done a, a yeah. podcast on that specifically. Go back and check that out. I think that mm-hmm. was episode number 14, maybe. Uh, but anyways, on church mm-hmm. discipline and um, that these things are hard to do in person. And so when people think, oh, well, digitally, it's just completely impossible. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that building and structuring your church so that you can do those things well in person, um, a lot of thought has to be put into these things for how to do them digitally as well. Yeah, yeah. Another one that people will bring up is, is sacraments, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so some of this will depend on, I think, your your church experience, your church polity, your church's understanding and how to live out the sacraments, Correct. you know, and, and carry those out. And uh, just from a speaking of my, for myself, mm-hmm. you know, I do think that baptism is very, very difficult Maybe impossible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. In a digital world, uh, we're going to talk about like VR Church next week and how some of that has been implemented. Right. But I do think there is a potential place for the Lord's Supper online. We did it as a church. Absolutely. I mean, thousands of churches across the United States did it, and we would have. I mean, in different places where there were uh, more restrictions, um, we, you know, the question was, do we go months? Mm-hmm. You know, potentially not only without gathering, but without partaking in the Lord's Supper together without remembering, without doing these things, you know, um, as an ordinance, mm-hmm. are we going to go months without doing these things or are we going to do them digitally? Yeah. You know, and um, that's a hard question. And we, we value the sacraments. We, we value the ordinances. Those are important things in the life of the church and are those things that um, they are better to be done in some form than not done at all or the things that they can yeah. only be done in one way. We could almost do an entire podcast on just this issue. You go down and chase a lot of different rabbit <laughs> yes, holes. We definitely that, could. that is definitely something that some people will raise. Another another point that people will raise is that if we do church digitally, does that not overly emphasize and empower people to merely be consumers? Mm-hmm. And to some extent, we probably would say it can. Right. Um, you know, but church consumerism has been a problem for a lot longer than the internet age. Correct, correct. <laughs> I mean, that's always been a problem. I think it's always going to be a problem because of the people who go to church are people. That's right. Right. And yeah. people are sinful. So we're going to always deal with that regardless of in-person or digitally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we do live in an age where, you know, and as pastors, we know this, um, there are any number of pastors out there that preach better sermons than you or me. Correct. And you can access them with just a few keystrokes on your iPhone, a few flips of the finger, and you can find it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, that can accentuate, you know, consumerism. So mm-hmm. uh, we are not called to be consumers, but the church can produce content 
that is intended for consumption. Exactly, exactly. And so then uh, as we kind of wrap up the last point as well, um, is just the fact that uh, some people might think that digital reach is great in very narrow circumstances, right? right. If you have shut-ins, if you have widows, if you have people who are traveling on vacation, then they can, you know, mm -hmm. uh, get the content that's there. They don't have to miss the next, you know, in our series of Ephesians or whatever, they can, right. you know, be plugged into that. Um, but everybody else, you just need to get to church, right? Do what yeah. just get off and just get off your behind and get into church because um, like this is for less normative situations. Um, and that would be a red light that a lot of people would feel, right? Yeah, I, th I think there, there sometimes is this expectation from pastors that, you know, just get here to church. That's what really, and, and I think what COVID has really forced me to do as a pastor is to think outside of the context of Sunday morning to kind of think outside of the context of just that gathered time. What do we do in the other six days of the week, the other mm -hmm. hours in the week? Um, and so and I think that's been really healthy. So so those are some things, I think, just to kind of set the table right. as we engage in this conversation. Uh, next week, what we're going to discuss is here are kind of the green lights that people have used mm -hmm. and have kind of said, like, the internet digital world is a mission field. Go after it, you right. know. And so, without any kind of discretion or wisdom, and we'll kind of talk through some of those next week. Definitely. So we'll see you next week on the Knowing God podcast. Yeah.